0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp, and as always, I am joined in this shit show by Will Muirden. And how is it going tonight, William?
1: It's good. Uh, we are officially in a communist state now. Our civil uh, liberties. Not quite have yet. Been t- We've
0: still got like two and a half hours, but yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. we I don't know. What, I don't know how to. How these Victorians did it for so long. I'm already uh, antsy. <laughs> not even locked in yet so i do want to start there uh
0: now this is going to be nothing new for our uk or american listeners or most actual countries from around the globe but we are officially in uh lockdown and before we get into that like i'm not actually caring that much about the lockdown but fuck me i hate humans sometimes and i'm gonna take a quote from one of the greatest movies of all time Featuring Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Will Smith. Uh, Men in Black? Correct, yes. Sweet. Sitting on the bench uh, when Will Smith is talking to Tommy Lee Jones or Future Jay is talking to Kay and he's like, people are smart, they can handle it. And, his re- and Kay's response was, a person is smart, people are dumb, panicky and irrational. And that fucking cannot sum up any better the situation that we currently live in and my disdain for the response of toilet paper purchasing, rice buying and the need for tins to survive six fucking days (laughs) behind a closed door. I mean, for the love Mm. of sweet baby Jesus and the I supermarkets are
1: still open that's what I I, I know
0: I know like I'm going tomorrow <laughs> I'm, I'm going there so I was like you know I'm just gonna avoid the lines and I'll go tomorrow I was like, oh yeah but everything could be gone by then I'm like you know, I've worked at supermarkets before. They keep a whole lot of shit in cold storage. I think we'll be fucking fine.
1: They've got trucks that come in every day. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy how this works. But they'll keep doing that. I couldn't believe... like, Because I was watching it. And in the press conference, they're stressing so much, you know, that... The shops will be open. There is no need to panic. And I'm like, yeah, like, what's the problem? And then almost immediately I start rec- receiving Snapchats of just pandemonium at <laughs> no, no. booze shops. Like, that's what I liked. It was well, the, the liquor stores that, just bought. that out. I
0: get. That I get. Because they're shutting down. They are closing. Oh, no, so. they're
1: not. They're exempt. I, I thought they were. No. From what I understand, they are exempt, which is awesome, just
0: quietly. <laughs> so you can just go and get liquored up. All well and good. I mean, I'll probably start drinking pretty early tomorrow. We do have to... Uh, being a teacher, I'm probably required on deck on Friday. So, I'll have the one day off and then I'll be back. Um, but for fuck's sake, like this this is like a glorified... Like it's a long weekend.
1: but you're just not
0: allowed to do anything correct
1: it's one of those ones you have to work around the home but i think this is enough of this garbage let's get to what people actually care about here let's yeah i
0: suppose i suppose we should do that that was some some news it's it's real in our lives all of a sudden and so I'm, i'm big on it all right let's get to some news oh god i'm rattled i'm rattled tonight i can feel myself just jumping to anger all right miami's COVID situation has seen some games get moved. So this has led to a bit of a cascading impact on the ACC scheduling as a whole. They moved their Georgia Tech game, which has flowed into a Wake Forest game, which has flowed into a, a couple of other games being moved as well. I don't really know what this means. I mean, Miami gets a buy They're terrible coming off a and Now they go to Wake Forest, I believe, um, on the back of that and are... Uh, forced to play against the Dean Deacons team is pretty good coming off a buy so
1: I don't feel particularly great about that um but I guess we will wait and see yeah I mean with all these games getting moved around I think we now have something like 75 games scheduled in for that December 19 window when there's like realistically if everyone's playing only 60 game, like 60 games that could be played we're getting to a point where games are going to just get dropped off especially for it's with its teams that do not have uh, any say in how conferences are going to get played out. They're just going to be dropped off the schedule and and we're going to start to see that shortly, I think.
0: Yeah, and I really wanted Miami to get this Georgia Tech game. They needed sort of like that get-right game where you just kind of beat up on somebody, hopefully, and this was going to be that. Instead, they're going to have a bye and then play their third road game Uh, against the Wake Forest team has obviously pushed North Carolina pretty hard last week and has continued to do so in the ACC. LSU is in some hot water around some sexual assault claims and abuse within the football program as well. You would have been keeping an eye on this. I mean, this goes back to Darius Geist times, um, but there's still some more noise around that. Will we see any outcomes for LSU or will this get... Um, forgotten about. (laughs)
1: Yeah I mean who knows it's an interesting one. It's a lot of he said she said at this stage without concrete charges being filed in a lot of these instances but there is concern that they're talking as many as nine players have been involved in sexual misconduct accusations that the school has essentially not done anything with, have not passed it along to the police, have not done anything and there's a real concern there so there'll be an investigation and there's potential for a, a bit of pain to come out of that for LSU uh, I know
0: I should stay unbiased in this space but when I say here he said she said and I hear the SEC this will disappear off into get swept under the rug completely and those people making accusations will be forgotten about just quietly so um, I, I don't have I've got very little faith in the NCAA to do this correctly and they've mismanaged so many of these claims and um I don't I think this will be another one which is disappointing I know that sounds very like unfair potentially on the NCAA and I think college football's just got a bit big for them
1: that's what I was going to say though I don't think this is so much uh NCAA issue as like a legal one at some point there needs to be some sort of law enforcement getting involved here and making sure that the the campus is a safe environment for all people. And if that's not the case, then that needs to be investigated fully. But
0: uh, it it does. And uh, we're not going to go into it now, but I guess the NCAA is still responsible for managing that situation, providing uh, Louisiana state university don't handle that situation as they should internally. And, uh, I guess, again, we're speculating here, so we'll have to see how this one plays out. Colorado and Arizona State also cancelled in the Pac-12, and the pac is in a whole heap of danger now. I I just don't see... And, and this is bad news for Oregon, but I just don't see how Oregon can make the playoff with the amount of games getting straight cancelled. They're not going to be able to put the resume together, I don't think, because we're not going to get a clear enough picture of what the Pac-12 is doing, how it's travelling, and therefore, um, you know... Can Oregon, yeah, they might get to 6 and or whatever, but they're playing against teams who have played one or two games and, and we don't really have a great feel for that. The last thing I do want to say is I'm getting to this point in the season and this is going to lead into my fair dinkum as well. I think we're getting a clearer picture of where these teams sit and as a result, this week's game's not super exciting to me outside of... The ranked matchup and here's why because this is leading into my fair dinkum and that is we're going to see many more predictably lopsided results from this week on and the reason for that is that there are players opting out of bad teams and by bad teams i mean teams not putting results not necessarily bad but you know not putting results up and they're saying you know what i've had enough now i'm going to go get myself ready for the nfl Um, We're starting to see coaches get fired, which also creates this environment of um, turmoil and players are less likely to buy into a season which may or may not have a bowl game. I also think you're going to see a place where more players continue to opt out. And then we have this mentally, not just mentally, but physically quitting or semi quitting as well. first year coaches won't get this kind of response but those teams with question marks your Michigans um, your South Carolinas your Louisvilles don't have a coaching question mark at Louisville but they were expected to have a big season they've fallen flat Penn State Michigan State a lot of teams in the Big Ten really we're going to see non-efforts from them as players opt out both physically and mentally throughout the season I think we're going to see more predictable results from this point on and they're going to be lopsided
1: yeah okay I think I I don't know you it's college football it just doesn't happen uh and like it it seems there's there's a lot of logic in what you're saying but I think we've seen it time and time again that it just doesn't play out that way there is and there is some spanners in the works to throw things around so I I hope you're not right in that because I like the chaos I know we both do but uh yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes yeah, I think the Pac-12 has still got their crazies to go through yet, and
0: they're going to see some some funky results. Um, I just don't see Michigan getting up against Ohio State, whatever. Anyway, let's get into some game previews. So we're going to try and crack through these a little bit quicker tonight. I, I know we say this every <laughs> fucking week, but I promise we will. Uh, so let's start in the Big Twelve. We're going to start from the bottom up. Texas at Kansas. I'm um, not even going to bother. Kansas at possibly the worst team in Power 5 football. So Kansas State at Iowa State, which was shaping up to be a pretty big game, but on the back of Skylar Thompson's injury, uh, this game is not going to be as, t- as as tightly fought a contest as what we first expected probably about a month ago. But I believe this is going to be closer than it should be. Uh, you know, there is an opportunity here for Iowa State to really potentially distance themselves on top of the big 12 and they're starting to look more comfortable they've been putting up points pretty consistently but we've you know continually said that they haven't been as fluid or as uh, meticulous or methodical as they have been in the past under Matt Campbell offensively they're still putting up points, and I think that they can continue to work into a really good vein. On the flip side of that, you've got Kansas State who have lost their last couple, just 225 yards against West Virginia, and they're in their last four games, they've put up 18 points against OK State, 10 points to West Virginia, 55 against Kansas, and then 21 in a win as well. So if you take that 55 out, they're struggling to get over three touchdowns, which is not going to be enough against Iowa State.
1: I I like to back in this Kansas State defense. I, I I still think that Iowa State are favorites in this game, and rightfully so, but I'm not writing Kansas State out. That last matchup with Oklahoma State was a tight one. It was, it was a tight tussle where they went down by two points in the end. Yes, they scored late to kind of make it that close, but defensively, they played really well. You are spot on that there are serious concerns on the offensive side of the ball. I, I like what Will Howard can do with his legs. He's been able to peel off some really big runs so far on the year. We're talking like 40-plus yard runs. But you need a bit more than that. You're not going to be able to... He's not dynamic enough for that to be the, the forefront of his game and, and for it to all work around that. He needs to get something going through the air. And both of these teams like to work the tight ends. They, they're kind of similar in that they play sturdy defense, like to run the ball, like to pass to the tight ends. It's just that Iowa State are doing it better at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I think they're getting more out of that running game. Brees Hall continues to really excel, whereas Juice Vaughn has gone quiet on the back of Skylar Thompson going out and out, and he hasn't been able to carry the workload um, as they've become more and more one-dimensional. So I expect this one probably to be closer than it should but in on the scoreboard, but I think Iowa State control from start to finish. All right, let's get into the big one in the Big 12. Then number 14, Oklahoma State head to Norman to take on the number 18 team in the country in the Oklahoma Sooners. This is the most one-sided rivalry in college football. Oklahoma have won 89 times. The Cowboys just 18. Lincoln Riley has never lost Bedlam in his time at Norman, uh, so he will look to keep that streak alive. And then you have a look, before I handball to you here, because you know far more about these two teams, Uh, both teams coming off of a bye, but the two games that they played before that are very, very different. Oklahoma State lost to Texas in overtime, and then, as we just mentioned previously, they managed to eke out that win against a partially weaponless Kansas State. Oklahoma, on the other hand, have put up 124 points in their last two meetings against Kansas and Texas Tech. What does that mean? Because those two teams are not looking great at the moment in terms of uh, the Jayhawks and the Red Raiders. But, gee, Oklahoma are coming good at the right time of the year. And and my biggest concern is that Oklahoma State probably wanted this matchup maybe a month ago or five weeks ago, six weeks ago, when they were kind of going really, really well. Spencer Sanders didn't have his injury. And Oklahoma were still trying to figure out Spencer Rattler uh, sort his turnovers out and get that passing game going but after having said all of that what are the keys to this game will and how to how do Oklahoma State work one game closer to evening the ledger to the point where in the year you know 2140 they might actually have squared this thing away
1: well, I think the key for this one will be Oklahoma State getting def- defensive pressure on Spencer Rattler and and that was where early on in the year the Sooners were a little susceptible when he was under the pump a bit and he was making poor decisions it wasn't this explosive team that we've seen over the last couple of weeks blow up you know over 120 points which is just nuts they were struggling and and it was that pressure up the middle around the outsides from the front seven that was really creating a bit of havoc for an inexperienced quarterback that they now seem to have settled down a bit and I think Oklahoma, on the back of that, have been able to build up a lot of confidence as well. They they did have quite a number of opt-outs and injuries and players unavailable early in the year that they've had to fill in guys with who are dudes. I mean, Oklahoma always have dudes, but now they've kind of wet their feet a little bit as well, so they're starting to find it. Uh, as well as defensively, I think they're starting to be a little bit better, but I, I'm not going to take too much out of wins over Texas Tech and Kansas on the defensive side of the ball because it's it's just a different game that you're playing there. So I think that's going to be another interesting piece for it too because whilst there are some question marks about Oklahoma's defense, there's the same questions can be asked about Oklahoma State's offense, which is strange for me to say. Uh, right. they, they just haven't been that explosive unit that we're used to seeing out there, even though they have the playmakers. Tylen Wallace, Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard all – you know, pre-season hype guys... Pre-season's gone now, mate. Like,
0: we are talking here. We're getting to the pointy end and we're seeing a passing offense that outside of Tylan Wallace has been disappointing at best, probably. Uh, Chuba Hubbard has, you know, as a Heisman hopeful coming into the season, as you mentioned... Was expected to be really, really good, and he hasn't been able to get this thing going at all. He's had the some back, injury problems the, as well. The and Spencer Sanders back. has been disappointed. Spencer Sanders has been disappointing, so it, it's time for these guys to actually to make the leap and get some help elsewhere. Is is there any wide receivers that we should be looking out for that can support Tylen Wallace in this space? Because, you know, when you did have James Washington, you had. Uh, now I can't actually think of his name, the other guy he's playing in the NFL at the moment. Um, Marcel Aitman? Yes, who who made a lot of big plays as well. Like he was a good player and he, they had that balance and if one was down, the other was up and, and they're not getting that balance on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of dudes around there who kind of previously have showed out and just aren't really getting it done this year. So Dylan Stoner is a is one that feels like he's been around forever. I, yeah. I can't believe he's still playing. player and could potentially play again next year and probably will. <laughs> but he, he's a guy who has had that crazy streak of like one catch in every game across like 20 games or something nuts like that. He stepped into the Tylan Wallace role last game with uh, Tylan Wallace sitting out with an injury and started somewhat okay and then just kind of fell in a heap and and didn't really get anything going as that feature guy. He's normally the one that is the complement piece that will move around. There there are other guys like Landon Wolf, who started his career as a freshman and looked really good and then hasn't done it. And there's another one that I'm interested in, uh, especially Brennan Presley, who scored his first touchdown in the last game for them, who's a, a freshman but a real dynamic weapon that it looks like they're going to start to try and get the ball into his hands a little bit more.
0: Okay, so how confident, because you often go into this game not feeling that way, and, and probably rightly so as well. Uh, Oklahoma have had the wood over Oklahoma State, and even those games that feel close, like there was a 35, 34 a couple of years back, you've never been overly confident, and any time I've watched Bedlam with you, it feels like you're waiting for Oklahoma just to kind of do what they need to do to get the win. How are you feeling this year because if there was a year this
1: kind of feels
0: like it's it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was feeling a lot better about it a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> than than what I am now and and it's it's a tough one because it is going to be played in Norman. So you, you really want to get your upswing when you're playing in Stillwater, not to be the case here. So Oklahoma have every reason to be full of confidence going into this game. They've, they've won 15 of the last 17 of these bad boys. Yes, 2011, Oklahoma State got up and I, I was able to get out on the field in that one and it was good fun. But apart from that it's just been a procession and the, it, there's kind of a not only the game that they need to win at Oklahoma State but that mental hurdle that they need to get over mm. to that we can beat these guys because they are the little brothers and, and it's kind of seen on a recruiting level it's seen coming out of all the high school programs in and around here is you know you go to Oklahoma because that's where the, the elite playmakers go and you go to Oklahoma State if you're kind of the next step down and, and you want to kind of punch up and, and have your dad they haven't been able to do it, can they? Absolutely. This is a year that they can take it right to them. I think they've got the playmakers to match it with them. Am I full of confidence? No. Like, it's, it's one of those ones that I'll be super optimistic going into it, but confident is not the right word. Well, yeah, and I feel like one way or the other, I mean, you never want to get blown out, but you don't
0: want it to be close and then lose in an absolutely... Like, you don't want to block, kick, return for a touchdown or something stupid. I don't know if like my heart
1: that. can handle it, but look, <laughs> yeah. if we're in the game, I'm, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a weak, beta type mentality, but that's okay. Uh, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to a, to a really good game in this one and hopefully, hopefully. Oklahoma State can at least make this a close and entertaining well, game. All right, that's that is the, the
1: big... that, that is the one thing worth mentioning though. If we do have listeners who haven't caught this game before, like it is always uh, an entertaining spectacle. Oklahoma State always seemed to somehow end up on the wrong end of it, but it is always good fun action.
0: All right, let's get into the ACC, which. What a hot mess this conference is at the moment. And speaking earlier about how I feel like, uh, you know, conferences are decided, these games inspire no excitement in me whatsoever. We've got Syracuse at Louisville, and this game possibly decides the bottom of the ACC this year, as both teams have only won one. Uh, Clemson and Florida State. I'm looking for Clemson to put an absolute beat down on a team that is completely gutted of top end talent, quarterbacks, confidence, commitment, uh, any other C word so we can have full alliteration there. But, you know, Florida State looked completely beaten, and Clemson are going to look to come out and make a statement. Wake Forest at Duke has been cancelled, postponed, postponed. Virginia Tech at Pitt, who cares? NC State hosts Liberty, which is possibly the most entertaining game of the year, uh, sorry, of the week, only from the Liberty sense, not the ACC sense, and Virginia hosting an out a conference game. Even if we got Miami-Georgia Tech, like, what is there to get excited about here?
1: Yeah, I mean, Liberty looking to go 3-0 and in the ACC. And <laughs> I mean, that's that's quite the feat. So you're right in saying yeah, that yeah, that's, yeah. that's the exciting matchup of this bunch. Uh, Florida State, with all the opt-outs and everything that they've had during the week, are in line for a hell of a beating. Like oh. it's, it's not going to be pretty. The Liberty-NC State one, though, is, is one that I'll probably have on. I haven't watched nearly enough Liberty football this year. So if they can play in another close one like they did with Virginia Tech, I think that'd be cool to watch. So... Uh, That's certainly one that I'll have on one of the screens going on Sunday.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: I mean, whatever.
0: (laughs) I think NC State are better than Virginia Tech, and I think they'll probably handle Liberty. Um, But we'll wait and see. Okay, let's jet across to the SEC now. And I don't think there's much to get excited about here either, if I'm honest. Fucking real Debbie Downer tonight. Florida at Vandy. Um uh, now will you think Vandy are fucking awesome and they're probably going to win the SEC this this year so they'll clearly beat Florida in this one so so tell us how the doors get this done will because you I, are massive on Vandy so I let's hear how they get it done
1: Listening back to our uh, last episode you were just super critical on this Vanderbilt team saying how they're a doormat and they haven't won six any goods Commodores yeah yeah. yeah 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 no you were saying this Last week's game was impressive and that historically they're a garbage team. They've gone bowling in 50% of their seasons over the last 10 years and the last 4 years. So this is like a a team that's better than most of the ACC. That's a bold statement. I don't think it's that bold. Have you checked the numbers? Have you checked the numbers? I, if, if we were to stack up historically, and you take Notre Dame out, because even though no, they are the fine. best in the Notre ACC... Out, you're
0: saying Vandy is better than most of the ACC. Absolutely, I'm saying that.
1: And, and, <laughs> and that's not this year, I'm talking over the last three years, where you were okay. trashing Vanderbilt. I agree, Vanderbilt was super disappointing this year. and I mean, obviously I, Vandy
0: would beat Clemson, that's probably fair. A uh, typical
1: ACC response, leading uh, with Clemson and sticking <laughs> well, by that because that's all you got. Well,
0: obviously, Florida State, or well, they've been in a hot fucking shit fight. Louisville have been good in the last couple of years. So, Not at yeah, all.
1: Obviously. What? <laughs> Louisville have been terrible. Are last they going they bowling? Handy.
0: Last year they were handy. Did they go bowling?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, who well, else? Four wins is a handy Four wins in the ACC is classified as handy
0: Virginia obviously they've been fantastic They went oh. to the conference championship game yeah, Which, which talks Bryce,
1: to the, the poor uh, to, With Bryce Perkins oh, oh, It's mate. just
0: yuck Like, uh, uh, look, I'm, And the year before I'm, that they were really good And Virginia Tech have been really strong as well
1: And yet still Vanderbilt stacks up fairly nicely against these guys.
0: So I I guess what I'm saying is... I mean, obviously Vandy... Okay, well, tell us how Vandy beat the Florida Gators because they're clearly going to, based on your... All, all you do is fanboying for Florida All you're doing here. is sprouting
1: shit and not listening to what I'm saying. This Vanderbilt team is really disappointing. This year they are bad. They oh, are going to well get done. smoked well on you. The, party, the last that. few years they've been much I'm not better about than last what we're years. seeing we talking this. about
0: them beating Florida. We've moved on, mate. Catch up. We're now talking about how they're going to beat Florida. So tell us how they're going to do that because it's obviously going to happen.
1: The COVID comes back to the Gators and they somehow all get sick on the sideline and can't shape up? I mean, that's the only way I can see it happening here. Kyle Trask is flying at the moment. He will continue to do so, put up crazy numbers and push forward for his Heisman candidacy. That was a disappointing response.
0: LSU are at Arkansas. I don't don't know what this one means. I think TJ Finley's out for the year. Uh, The quarterback... Sorry, not TJ Finley. Miles... Brennan Brennan is out for the year at LSU. So TJ Finley will have to do the job at quarterback and he's a big, big framed operator. Um, But LSU suck. Their defense stinks. Uh, This game is completely irrelevant and I don't care about it. Kentucky or Alabama, if you want to watch a team whoop ass, watch Alabama this week. Tennessee, Auburn. I think is probably the most entertaining game. That It's got a bit of a storyline that I'm interested in, I suppose. I don't think much of the Tennessee offense um, and the Auburn defense is, is pretty terrible as well. But Auburn are ranked still somehow. And if they are serious about having a bit of a crack next week at Alabama, they need to go and turn Tennessee over pretty comfortably here.
1: And I think they do. They've had a couple of convincing wins. Well, not so much convincing over Old Miss, but a, a couple of good wins in in a one over Mississippi and a comprehensive victory over LSU where Tennessee are traveling in the opposite direction. They're on a four-game skid, not looking yeah. good. Uh, I, I like Auburn in this one to win quite comfortably. Mississippi
0: State at Georgia. If Mississippi State score, in fact, if they get in the red zone, I'll be impressed. Uh, unfortunately, with the air raid, they could score without getting in the red zone. But... If they get into the red zone, I will be impressed just once. Just once. I don't I don't see them scoring. The only other interesting story here is Missouri and South Carolina. Missouri have been um, solid this year, I suppose, or, or certainly in and around games. And then you've got South Carolina coming into the game. Mike Bobo takes over the head coaching duties in the absence now of Will Muschamp, who has been removed as of last week from his duties as the head man. So... We see in the AFL, I I mean, it happened in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. They've been really good since Atlanta fired Dan Quinn. We see in the AFL, the time is after the coach gets fired, the game after that, the pressure comes off. Players seem to relax. They seem to have some fun with it and they go and win. Is that what we're expecting here? I know Missouri go in favorites, but I don't know. Maybe South Carolina can give it a shake.
1: No, nah, I don't think it translates here. Uh, I think Connor Bazelak is an exciting prospect at Missouri. I'll keep banging that drum. Uh, South Carolina have got a bit of a rebuild on their hands now, so they'll they'll be fighting it out. I'm not sure who they've got stepping in to coach them out the rest of the year. but I just said <sighs> that to you, Mike Bobo. You, oh. I swear you don't fucking listen to me, except I mean, when we're... you want to hear that I think Bandy's shit. Yeah, well, you've just got me offside now. I'm tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: that is, you know, whatever. Don't don't follow the ACC or the SEC this week unless it really, something really grabs you. Keep an eye on scores and flick over late, but otherwise I would not be setting the clock to get up and watch Georgia football. All right, in the Big Ten, this is the early kick. Number nine, Indiana at number three, Ohio State. I want to kind of believe, and I'm going to pretend for most of this segment that I believe this will be a close contest. So here I go faking it. Michael Penix and Stevie Scott are going to have to do everything for the Hoosiers' offense, and we've sort of known that already. But they're going to have to get that running game going. Uh, and they have to play good defense. That's all I have.
1: I, I, I don't... I don't... It's, it's, it's tough to make an argument for Indiana. As good as they've been to this point in the season, there is a significant talent gap between these two squads. Uh, and last year's well 51... Done, some great analysis, mate. You're killing it. Last year's 51-point uh, shellacking that Ohio State put on them really showed that, and I just don't see them turning it around that much. Yes, they've made big strides, but not enough to stack up to a team that's one of the best in the country.
0: Yeah, for sure. And whilst I will do something a little bit more serious now, I think that Ohio State are going to force the ball into Michael Penix's hand. I think they're going to want to take away the run. And they're lucky. I know I came in a little bit hot against that defensive line and said, you know, it's not that good. But Tommy Togai and Jonathan Cooper have been really, really impressive Um you know, Jonathan Cooper's got the wraps, probably more so from his defensive end position. He's got the bigger frame. He's a well, well put together individual. But Tommy guy has got better numbers. Um, he's getting more pressure up the middle from his defensive tackle position. And he's been fantastic. They're not going to be able to run the ball effectively. Um, that Those four down linemen will be able to do what they want. And then you let guys like... Um, Warner run free from his linebacker position um, and clean up any kind of mess. This front seven from Ohio State is perhaps fractionally better than I thought they would be. Um, And then, like I said, you're forcing into Michael Penix's hand. So therefore, you're making him pass the ball to win the game. Now, I actually think that's Indiana's best chance to win it is if they can go out and try and throw their way to victory. But when you make yourself one-dimensional against a good defense, it's not good news, especially with a guy who doesn't have a huge arm. He doesn't have an NFL arm and and he's going to be skittish in the pocket. He's going to feel pressure quickly. And uh, I, I just don't see a good outcome here for Indiana. Uh, on on the flip side of that, you're trying to. This is a team that's held their opposing offenses to 19 points per game, which sounds good. A lot of that is been you know buoyed by the shutout they had against Michigan State last week, and then you're going up against Justin Fields and they're not excellent skill position players, but certainly very, very capable. And uh, yeah, I just don't see it. I don't don't like that people are pretending like this is gonna be a close game. It's a top 10 matchup, all of that. This, there is a massive void here in talent, in coaching, in prestige, in every aspect of college football. And that is gonna show on the scoreboard. If Indiana can keep it within 28 points, I'll be impressed.
1: Okay, so you're taking the over there. Uh, I, I think they'll yeah. keep it around that mark. I, I would even lean the under, I'd take the points with Indiana on this one. It's a big number, what three is touchdowns. Where's it at? 21.
0: Three touchdowns, 21. Now I'm taking the over. Uh, all right, now number 10, Wisconsin at number 19, Northwestern. Talk us through this one. I know you're big. We're actually pretty big on both of these teams. You've got a little bit of a, a hard-on for Northwestern, but you also believe probably more truly in Wisconsin. Uh, Gray Mertz probably had a bit of a step-back game last week, but the Badgers found a running game in his uh, ab- or not absence, but certainly the void that he created on the passing game. But do the Wildcats, I think, can keep the offense in check? Do they have enough when they have the ball to be able to score enough to... To maybe push this
1: thing. Well, that's always been the issue, hasn't it? And they they've been living dangerously in their four wins so far. Uh, Both teams undefeated at the moment, and Wisconsin have done it with quite a lot of ease. Where Northwestern are kind of scraping by in these victories on the back of good defense. Like it's been an impressive play for them, but these two teams aren't. We haven't seen the same level of play from them. So to kind of have them stacking up and going, you know, it's big. Uh, undefeated matchup. It, it's not really because one team has beaten the pants off of two sides that they've played, and the other one is, as you keep mentioning, struggling to put up more than twenty-one points, which is normally they did last
0: at, week they put up twenty-seven.
1: Yeah, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Which Ooh. you know g- g- gets the job done, and that doesn't actually shape up so poorly against a Wisconsin team that's going to want to run the ball. Like this That's how this team operates. They're going to put the ball on the deck, so it might be a low-scoring affair there. I just still think that they're going to need to beat Wisconsin at what they do best, playing sound defense and controlling the line of scrimmage, and they're going to struggle to do that. This Wisconsin team I've liked the look of. They've had a bit of a broken start with all the COVID mess that they've had, only the two games, but... Whilst we heap shit on Michigan for being really poor and disappointing, some credit needs to be given for Wisconsin and how well that they executed all facets last week. So is is there a world, though, like... Uh, Graham Mertz didn't play great last week.
0: Like, we know that. He didn't pass the ball really well. Northwestern kept Purdue's running game, and I know Purdue and Wisconsin are different teams and have got different abilities in that run game, but Northwestern kept Purdue to two yards rushing. Is there a world in which they can reduce slash eliminate that Wisconsin running attack and maybe do enough to make Graham Mertz uncomfortable where he does throw, you know, you force into his hands a bit more, so maybe throws 32 times and he goes 20 for 32. And is that enough to to sort of get the job done?
1: Wisconsin have been doing this for a long time, playing this brand of football, Mm -hmm. and there's not many... who have been able yeah. to successfully prevent You're them right. from being the, able to achieve that? The recipe
0: hasn't changed a whole heap, has it? But it's correct. A, it's and, a and solid mud cake.
1: Yeah, and and there's teams that are have been more talented and better than this Northwestern team that have tried and failed.
0: Yeah, okay, you took me off the ledge. I was about to go Northwestern. There, All right, Purdue <laughs> at Minnesota. Uh, I think I want. Gee, I want. I actually like these. Are probably my two kind of pets in the year in the Big Ten. So I don't really mind, but I think Purdue probably a bit more balanced. Minnesota suck at playing the defense. So probably taking Purdue in that one. Michigan State, Maryland. Maryland going in favorites. That wouldn't have happened too often since their move to the Big Ten against Michigan State, I don't think. Um, But I'm assuming we're taking Maryland in
1: this one. Yeah, I like Maryland. I like them to win big here. Michigan State, uh, outside of that Michigan victory, which is now looking less than impressive, they are certainly rebuilding, not looking all that great. Where Maryland fired their one shot. Yeah, and and Maryland are kind of traveling the other direction. I I like uh, some of what they've been able to do, uh, especially offensively, um, and Tua's brother in there is... What's uh, Tua's brother's name? uh like tulia tulia T-
0: yeah i like tulia <laughs> yeah tulia Tungavailoa, yep which you've now got to say his name in full as well like it just used to be Tua, now it's tulia Tungavailoa. you never say just tulia
1: anyway really is that a oh, thing shut up i were at penn
0: that. state obviously nittany lions uh, I
1: mean, obviously neither of these teams, to be honest. But. Yeah, well, I, Iowa have to be red-hot, scorching favourites. Yeah, based off of what we've seen the last couple of weeks, absolutely. Do I? Can I back that confidently? Absolutely not. I still think that this Penn State team can show up in a game, and it may well be this week.
0: <sighs> well, they go, oh, they're at risk of going 0-5. That's, which is just crazy. That is the worst we probably have ever seen Penn State. They were right. I know that the Big Ten was
1: in the preseason.
0: Yeah. I know the Big Ten was probably the conference for me personally that I was slowest to get on board with. I don't know why it happened that way. It was just that so I, I didn't follow Penn State football super closely. But since we have been around college football more I've never seen a start like this from Penn State. They always rate themselves as a top 10 team, and this is not the case. Michigan at Rutgers. Whew, what do we think about this one? Does <laughs> Michigan have a chance? Do they actually have a chance? Uh, you've got Joe Milton, who's still coming to find his feet. You've got Noah Vedral, who does some good things, but is not an elite quarterback by any means for Rutgers and their defense is pretty I mean, I was going to say that Rutgers defense is pretty porous giving up 418 yards a game but Michigan are um superseding that they're giving up over 420 yards a game so ooh I, I there, there's a world where I could see Rutgers winning this game
1: not not for me I think Michigan win this one quite comfortably
0: yeah whatever all right let's continue on into the pack 12 and some games that actually mean something this is the conference that i'm still excited about because we don't know we still don't know we don't have answers here there's more questions so let's start with what i think is the most exciting game of the weekend it's a 2 30 kick here local time uh but obviously uh you know You've got the weekend off here if you're in South Australia, so make sure you spend it with a fair bit of time in front of the couch. Washington State at Stanford. Stanford have been completely disappointing so far this year. They've got some quarterback issues, but Davis Mills is cemented in that QB1 spot now. To me, it's the lack of running game that has been disappointing for the Cardinal. They rank 94th in the country running the ball, and they're 109th in defending the run, and that is against Oregon and Colorado. and These two teams are useful on offense but they're certainly not like heavy hitters in the run game so give me Jaden delora and give me dion mcintosh and this balanced wazoo offense to just completely handle stanford here
1: there are a lot of college football analysts and fans out there and i don't think any of them have this stanford washington state game as the game of the weekend but you do my friend so i I like it i do Uh, oh yeah stanford are trash i
0: mean usc utah whatever
1: (laughs) What I man? I assumed you're talking all college football this week, and not just Pac-12, but the Obviously. whole slate.
0: Obviously, well, I, you've heard my take on Indiana and Ohio State. Bedlam, based on the series history, is going to be an absolute massacre. What are we left with? Wisconsin, Northwestern. No, no, no. They're always tight. A, we just that, lose. That could be a seven-nine game, for all I know. And so, yeah, I I like in. You know what? I'm changing my bold prediction. Fuck it. <laughs> Cool. Uh, You're done with them then? You're done with Washington State and Stanford?
1: Yes, I don't think Stanford are very good at football. Okay,
0: let's go to the second best team, uh, the second best game in the conference and possibly the country. Uh, USC, the number 20 team. They're higher than that now. They are 20, yes. 20 uh, against Utah. Uh, This one's in Salt Lake City at altitude. Utah haven't played yet. They've had a couple of cancellations. They're new at quarterback though, with Tyler Huntley gone. Zach Moss has moved on from the running back position. So we don't really know what to expect from Utah. And they will be, uh, you know, a little bit off the mark early, as most teams have been. But speaking of off the mark, USC have been spotty at best. And I don't think you're getting the chances against Utah because of Kyle Whittingham and his. his ability to prepare teams and that really, really stout defense, you're not getting the same opportunities against Utah as what you got against Arizona State and Arizona to win those games last minute. That's not going to happen. Now, whilst this game and USC have had the wood over Utah recently, and I remember this game last year because Keaton was without Matt Fink came in as the backup at USC. He was throwing jump balls all over the place. Michael Pittman was pulling them down somehow. He should have had seven interceptions. Instead, he threw three touchdowns. I think this is the year Utah get them. I'd... USC haven't shown me anything too special, so I'm backing in an unseen
1: Utah Utes. Yeah, look, I am probably going to ride with you here on this one, which is a bit strange, I think. What you said about the Utah coaching staff and how well they'll have them prepared, I can certainly agree with. The fact that it's being played in Utah will allow them to acclimatize and get going early they, they replaced almost their entire defense from a very good Utah team last year I think mm-hmm. they they climbed as high as number five in the AP poll and they were kind of knocking on the door of the playoff at one stage that's
0: when they lose though that's when they lose it's only when it gets to the big moments they lose this isn't a big moment yet so they'll they'll go right
1: yeah absolutely and, and USC have shown through their first two weeks that they're not an excellent football team like they're having to an escape they're, they're showing what USC always do, that they've got some playmakers, but they're not... They have Clay not,
0: as the head coach. Also. They're not
1: gelling together, and it's not quite popping yet. So would not shock me at all to see Utah come out on top in this one.
0: Okay, let's carry on in the Pac-12. UCLA at Oregon. Anything to report on this one? This appears to be like it's played on the Saturday here local time, Friday night, although there is a bit of a TBD next to it. So we're really unsure due to uh, the UCLA Cow game last week, which we didn't actually touch on, but UCLA handled the Cow Bears last week pretty comprehensively 34 to 10. So is there any chance for UCLA here or to Oregon just make a mess of,
1: Chip Kelly's Bruins. I absolutely think there is a chance for them here. Uh, I I was going to go no. Okay. Yeah, I I really like UCLA's chances in this one, actually. Whilst Oregon have been good, they're not that next class up that we talk about in in their conference. You know how we talk about Alabama Mm -hmm. being up there, Ohio State, Clemson, those guys there at the top of their conference. We didn't have it in the Big 12, and I don't think Oregon is it in the Pac-12. I think that they're much closer that they're going to get tagged by someone and it wouldn't surprise me if it was UCLA this week. On the back of a pretty impressive victory uh, last week over Cow, uh, especially on the defensive side and and the run-stopping capabilities, if they're able to do that, take CJ Vidal out of the the game and and not let him dictate things, I think they're every shot to really take it to this Oregon team. Yeah, I've actually been impressed with
0: the way that Oregon have looked in managing tight situations and that's generally a reflection of coaching for one but also like you never see it out of Alabama you never see it out of Ohio State you always believe that they're going to win even when it's close and even though Wazoo last week gave Oregon their best shot they gave them everything that they could handle offensively Oregon looked so comfortable like even though they weren't dominating the game they looked like they were always in control and We didn't see that from Chip Kelly teams. You always felt that Chip Kelly, Oregon teams were living on the edge of fraction and they could go down somewhere, somehow. I don't get that feeling about Oregon. So I think they probably do this one okay. The scoreline might be relatively close, but I just there's no panic with these guys. They look in control. Tyler Schott has been really, really good um, at quarterback as a freshman. He's due for a down game. I mean, that's going to happen at some point, you would think. Maybe this is it uh it's back in eugene but i'm i'm thinking oregon pretty comfortably here yeah okay cow at oregon state what did you take out of the cow win Oh, cow win the cow lost last week and you know i believe in oregon state uh you know i believe in jamar jefferson i don't believe in tristan jebbia but uh, ooh, this one is in corvallis i mean cow's going to get a big improvement Chase Garbers has to be better. He will be, because moving from week one to week two, you do see the bigger jump. But can Oregon State, who have been in both games, can they get their first win on the board?
1: I believe that they're every shot to win this one. So Yes, you do. Playing yes, at home, do. this is the, the first time yes. that I, I will get you. around your Beavers. Uh, yeah. Cal were, were woeful week one. Yeah, they were bad. They they were not good, yeah. and I I think that's going to take quite a jump for them to be able to turn things around against a side that's already had a couple of good hitouts that has a really good running back playing, playing at home. I like a lot. There's, there is a lot to like about this Oregon State team in this matchup. I was really big on Cow going into the year. I kind of had them as a sleeper pick in so the, in so the Pac-12. Yeah, and then good. after one like replacement game <laughs> mishap, I'm fucking off them. Like, I'm no. throwing them out w- with the uh, bathwater and I'm all on Oregon State in this one. Yeah, go
0: on. They're going to get smoked now. Arizona at Washington. I don't really know how I feel about this one. Arizona were better than we expected week one, which is really, really nice and also rare for Arizona in the Kevin Sumlin era because they've been nothing but below average, not only for... I say not only for Arizona, they've had their years in and out, but when they've been expected to play up with you know decent teams, skill position players, seniors, whatever... They haven't done that. And likewise, on the other side of that, you got Washington who were okay, kind of, maybe. Um, but again, against Oregon State, they were a bad spot away from, on a fourth down play in the last quarter from going down in this one last week. So it's not like they did it convincingly. Jimmy Lake, Washington, where are they at? I know they've had a lot of opt-outs over uh, the lead-in period to this. I don't know where I will sit in this one. I think probably Washington, but if Arizona can back that game up like they did against USC, they're going to give them fits.
1: Yeah, look, I think you're right that we don't know where we're at with either of these teams yet. I think the, this one will go a long way in helping mm. guide us as to that's a where great they, shout. Well done, you where they're at, uh, Arizona. Did really take it to USC and and do look like they might be heading in the right direction, but they kind of need to. Like Kevin Sumlin's got to be coaching for his his job at this stage. Washington, as you mentioned, down on previous years, but that defensive backfield is still fierce. I think last week they gave up like 85 yards uh, through the air, and that was it. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to win you some games, being able to do that. So yeah, th- that's how uh, they rolled when they had Chris Peterson there. It, it appears that that's going to continue to be the case. So look for that to be the highlight of the Washington side. But I don't know. I, I, I'd back them in without knowing much about these teams at this stage. All
0: right, let's. That, I mean, that. Well, oh, actually, I was about to move on then, but I know you won't let me because that takes us through Power Five, but group of five games. Probably got the headliner in the Sun Belt with Coastal Carolina hosting App State. App State dropped one earlier in the year, a little bit unexpectedly. Uh, They couldn't get that zone stretch running game going. But Coastal Carolina, uh, a really interesting team. I'm probably going to watch this one, I think. I think this is potentially one of the most interesting matchups of the week. What are your thoughts on this particular if, outing?
1: If you're going to watch a group of five game this year, this has certainly got to be on your radar. I mean, you've spoken about Coastal Carolina and how they're a fun team to watch this year with the, the offense that they run. App State are, are very similar, like they're, a dynamic offense. They like to run the ball. Both of these teams average over 200 yards on the ground a game through the year. They both like getting after it. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I like this App State team coming into the year and that early loss that they had really just kind of knocked them out of any contention. Like all this love we're seeing for Liberty, mm. Coastal Carolina, Marshall, Cincinnati, uh, I thought it was going to be upstate, and it just hasn't been because they have that one blemish on the record. So I think it's their opportunity now to inject that into someone else and and end Coastal Carolina's perfect season.
0: Yeah, I, I'm taking Grayson McCall. I think at their quarterback position, they run like a... It's, it's a spread-to-run game and, and has a lot of option elements to it, lots of eye candy. something a little bit different. I don't think there's anyone in... Um, in the in, in power five football quite running that offense so it's a bit of a different look if you're after something different watch some coastal carolina football there's a lot of talk around their coaches moving into power five jobs at the end of the year and, and particularly on the offensive side of the ball zach thomas on the other hand has been fractionally disappointing turn the ball over five times or five interceptions so far already this year and I'm taking Coastal Carolina just because... I mean, both of these teams really, uh, I really do enjoy. Um, but, you know, if you see App State's offense, if you watch Louisville football at all, obviously there's a lot of correlation there as, you know, as Eli Drinkwitz, um, you know, left his mark, I suppose, on on the App State volunteers. And, and we've seen that come through. Uh, but, you know, I'm taking Coastal Carolina. I, I really like what they've done. This this year. Give me the the chance. Give me the chance to clears, please.
1: Okay. And one other big one in the uh group of five ranks? Sure. Cincinnati and UCF. Hawaii Boise State. Cincinnati Hawaii Boise State. So State. okay.
0: Yeah, I mean you got the number seven team in the country going up against the fighting McKenzie Miltons and uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've got a really, really good defense, a high-powered offense. There's lots to like in this one in the American.
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you've nailed it there. Dylan Gabriel at the UCF Golden Knights has been superb this year. You mentioned in an earlier episode this season that his numbers stack up there with the best of anyone, and... As a result of that, this team leads the nation in total yards per game. On the flip, three touchdowns, two interceptions. It's nuts, isn't oh, it? <laughs> and on the flip side, Cincinnati's defense is being talked about as one of the best in the country. So mm-hmm. I think that alone makes this a really juicy one that I'm not going to miss. Yeah, Desmond Ritter, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, he... Is not an elite
0: passer of the football. Obviously, he's he's probably more value. I say not. He's not more value on the ground, but he's certainly more dual threat uh, and has the ability to you know get it done in both phases of the game. But I don't have confidence in him in in leading a higher powered offense. You're really going to have to lean on this defense, I know they're only giving up 12 points a game and they're still managing to score 41, but that's coming through 250 yards of running, uh, 250 yards of rushing per week as opposed to him lighting it up through the air. And I think if UCF can jump them out the gates, they don't have the sort of team that's built for a comeback. And if this gets shootouty, I'm taking UCF.
1: Yeah, okay. I I I think Cincinnati's defense is good enough to stop it from getting shootouty. I, I think Desmond Ritter has a lot of Tyler Huntley about him from Utah last mm-hmm. year, like very good at doing what was needed to get his team a victory. Uh, and he had explosive plays within him, especially on the ground when he's able to kind of make things happen. He could certainly do that. But he's not that polished guy who's going to stand up and take control and win you the game off of his own shoulder. Like, I, I just, I don't think that's where he's at, but Cincinnati don't need him to be that.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about this one. I, I think, uh, I, I don't disagree with you in any way, shape or form. And, and we've seen these high-powered offenses, when they hit a brick wall, they can completely stop. They can completely shut down. Uh, and they haven't had that yet. I mean, you look at S- Cincinnati's lead-in. Who have they had? Memphis, who they absolutely torched, who UCF lost to by a point. Houston and ECU uh, as, as part of that lead-in. And they've played three games uh, at home now in a row. So they do have to go on the road for the first time in a long time. I don't know if that puts them in a better position or not. I'm partly because I've got these guys in my championship draft, but I'm going to lean into UCF here. I like it. Uh, are there any other games that you believe is worth a look? I mean, Tulsa, Tulane to Tulsa, slip in there. That is unbelievable that Tulsa have played five games and Tulane have played nine. That's crazy, <laughs> isn't, that? isn't that? <laughs> Bananas. Oh, Yeah. Um, but Tulsa, obviously, after their win against SMU last week and, and Tulane handling Navy... Pretty comfortably, uh, you know. Is there any chance that Tulsa have a letdown?
1: Oh, there's a chance. Absolutely, this is a decent uh, Tulane side, but they'd be looking to continue their streak in the top 25. It's not heights that they get to all that often, so they'd be enjoying that. And I imagine the Golden Hurricanes would be looking to continue to roll there.
0: And probably a couple of other games worth mentioning. I do like the Mountain West. Uh, So Fresno State, San Jose State. San Jose State are undefeated at this stage uh, and they need to visit Fresno who have been perennially well coached and, and a difficult out. So you know they will be tough, I think, for San Jose State. So we'll see just how strong they really are. We did mention Boise State at Hawaii. Hawaii get a home game for what feels like forever. Boise State appear to be... Still in a little bit of trouble, particularly that quarterback position, but probably out-talent the Rainbow Warriors in this one. And the only other game that I did want to mention is BYU are still playing. They're the number eight team in the country. They've got a completely out-of-conference game against North Alabama, and they'll win that one easily, but they are still around the mark as well. I don't want to forget Zach Wilson and the BYU Cougars. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into our championship draft because whilst I said we're going to get through this quickly, it feels like we've ground to a halt here. Championship draft time. Uh, We're racking up teams. I've got Clemson, Ohio State, Auburn, and Marshall in the top 25. You have got
1: Alabama, Northwestern, Oklahoma, USC, and Tulsa.
0: Oklahoma. So you'll be going for an Oklahoma win this week. I certainly Uh, will not. it's your pick first. You know every time we come into the championship draft I'm like, yeah, it's my pick first. It never is. But you're picking first,
1: so what do you got? Okay, so I've got $21 in the bank. Uh, this week I am going to I'm going to do a straight trade in terms of teams that are playing each other. So I've got Northwestern who have, I bought for nothing, uh, currently worth $7 with their ranking of 19. I'm going to sell them and I'm going to buy Wisconsin. I'm going to back Wisconsin to win this game and to continue to climb up the charts. Uh, they're going to cost me $16, but I'm going to get Wisconsin in for 16 and sell Northwestern for 7 Oh, I would like
0: to see this crashing, but I'm going to continue to go to my well of penny stocks. And I'm going to take the North Carolina Tar Heels uh, in a bye week. So hopefully someone can lose and and drop out of the top 25 and push North Carolina in because they seem to be the only team that are really collecting votes with any gusto in the unranked section. So um, I'm still building. Uh, I think like a few of these teams, if they can sneak in UCF, if they get a win, they're looking good. Utah, they get a win. And then Washington, if they get a win over USC,
1: I'm looking pretty. I'm looking. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm looking I mean pretty. it's it's pretty even here, so I, I kinda like it. Um mm, that's good. it's really Great gonna come like down it. to it. And I, I hope we can remember how much we had for the national championship winner, because I think that might end up deciding it.
0: Yeah, well, You might have wished you kept on holding on
1: to Notre Dame. It's a
0: bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. All
1: right, bold prediction time. What have you got for us, Will? Okay, so we've we've seen it all year, so I don't know how bold this is, but there are the conferences getting to their third week and then just shit blowing up. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it really getting sideways on them and it's the Pac-12's turn this week so I'm expecting a couple of upsets at the top of that conference I think Utah is going to beat USC and I think UCLA is going to beat Oregon both of the, the top two teams as it will in the Pac-12 we're going to lose to uh, their lesser fancied rivals and that's just the craziness that we've seen so far so we're going to see it again
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, the UCLA at Oregon is bold. I'll give you that one. But USC at Utah, if that's what you were going with, then screw you. Um, Okay, I have got now two bold predictions. Uh, My first one, Washington State at Stanford. I'm going to say Washington State win by 45 points. Uh, And secondly, and more seriously, Michigan are on the road. They lose to Rutgers. And Michigan fires Jim Hardbore, maybe on the plane, maybe when he gets off the plane, maybe just before he gets on the plane. Something to do with the aeroplane uh, and a firing of Jim Hardbore because the noise is already starting to develop. They lose to the Scarlet Knights. You're fired. Here's your parachute. Off you get. Yeah, I mean, it won't be It won't be probably like that. It's like it's not Air Force
1: One. That's but, what I was uh... thinking. That is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: <laughs> that was a shit movie, by the way. That was pretty good, Harrison Ford. CGI has come such a long way. Do you know what still <laughs> weirds me out is how bad it was back in like the nineties, early two thousands. Whenever that movie came out, Harrison Ford hustling a whole bunch of like Albanian terrorists. But you know when like all the um, little clerks and adminy people all get their little parachutes and then launch themselves out the back of the plane.
1: I mean, loosely, I haven't watched this movie recently And there's
0: like like an overweight black chick And it just looks so fake (laughs) As they're throwing themselves into the inky black skies And smiling and grinning away As if they've just had a great time skydiving Like it was pathetic Anyway, uh, let's get into On The Punt
1: Here comes the money Here we go
0: Okay. Come on will. We only lost a dollar last week, I think is what you said. It was. Yeah,
1: we lost well, as a unit, one unit. So Yes, yeah, so a, a dollar. More, a bit more than a dollar. Uh, and <laughs> that means I'm blowing it all up obviously. That's that's unacceptable. We will yeah. not have those sorts of losses on this program here. So I, I appreciate everyone who's still listening to us because I know you're listening for this segment. I know you're dialing into this. That's that's why you've made it to this point. So I'm, I'm getting it after after it this week. I still want some of your help. I still want to get you involved because I think that was good. It, it brings us together to try and drive things here. But I've picked uh, nine upsets that are going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Gone out on a limb. I've got nine <laughs> games that I've called. I What I want you to do is tab the top three of these that you think from a, like a certainty standpoint so that I can multi mm-hmm. those three up.
0: Okay, so... This really goes against my fair dinkum, where I believe that games are going to become more predictable as the season yes. finishes, yes, not does. less predictable. All right, uh, let's let's
1: uh, not beat around here. The first one I've got. So is we've got uh, nine. I need to yeah. rank these on a on a confidence level scale. Yes. Yeah. Good idea. I like that. Uh, Arkansas at home over LSU, paying two ten. Uh, Seems like good money. LSU were not very yeah, good. I can see like, them travelling alright. Like if I have to rank them, I, I don't know the other
0: games, so I'm going to start by ranking them probably number four. Okay, interesting.
1: Four out of, out of <laughs> out of. So they're out just of, out of the top three. At this point. <laughs> like, so no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, my next one. I've got App State at Coastal Carolina. Uh, they're nah. paying t- two dollars sixty there. I'm all about the chance. Give me the chance. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm ranking that eight. I'm giving that an X. It's just because you're not going to do it. Uh, I got UCF over Cincinnati at $2.60. Obviously, give that a two. At home? That's okay. in there. That's in there. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati, every time I've tried to bet against them this year, has not gone well for me. So well, I'm obviously just giving you a warning there. <laughs> um, Oregon State, two forty dollars 40 over Cal. 100%. Give that a one. Okay, they're in. Uh, Penn State at $2.10 no. over Iowa. No, 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 no. That's okay. a nine. Not okay. touching that. Uh, Kansas State at $3.90 over Iowa State. Put that at seven. That's not happening. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State at $2.85 Don't over Oklahoma. Your
0: team, dude. <laughs> Don't,
1: do not bet on your
0: team, dude. Do not bet on your team. Choose the odds. I'm going to make you feel good. I'm going to slide. Uh, the what did I say? Who was at number four? The first game you mentioned, the Arkansas over LA. Yeah, LSU. slide that to five and put this at four to make you feel good. But I'm saying no. Okay. I, like uh, I could see this as a
1: blowout. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you earlier, but well, ugh. don't keep it to yourself. <laughs> I can't handle that. Uh, and then we're in lockdown, so I'm not going to be able to like blow off any steam. It's a recipe for disaster. Uh, <laughs> Liberty two dollars thirty at NC State. I don't like that because they're not going 3-0 and in the ACC. Okay, brilliant, because you're going to love the, this last one. Washington State, 2 dollars two at Stanford. Yes, they're on the road, but they're a much better team. Can, can I have two number ones? <laughs> All right. So on those then, I've got Washington State uh, as a one. I've got Oregon State as a one. Obviously. Now, <laughs> you <yeah>. Yep. <laughs> and we have... UCF over yep, Cincinnati as that. a two. Okay, so are you happy with those three? What else did you have in there? There was a couple of other ones I liked. Well, so th- those were the ones that you had one, one, and two. Then you yep. had the Arkansas over LSU as a four. Yeah. You had Oklahoma State over. I OU never nominated as a, four. a three. I never know. No, those that's three. why it would be you had two one. So I just kind of
0: okay. Yeah, well done you. You've managed <laughs> that well. well. I've actually numbered those. Okay, the I, I don't hate the Arkansas one. If you've got a little bit of extra money you want to burn, if one of these comes in early, maybe then then float some across. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with those top three though. So take okay. us through that again just quickly. Sorry.
1: Okay, so we have Arkansas over LSU. We have apps. That's, that's the outsider. That's the outsider. Yeah, that's the outsider. Uh, for the three that you've gone in the multi we've yep. gone uh, Washington state on the road at Stanford to win. Oh, we've That gone... is going to like bet the house on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not going to happen. now. Oregon <laughs> state at home over Cal and nervous U... about that one if UCF uh, at home against Cincinnati. There must be some that must pay okay I would have thought. 260. That's hmm. a decent trade. for all three of them. No, for the three of them you'll be looking somewhere in the vicinity of 6 bucks. Seven bucks. Hmm. Okay. Right. Pretty decent. Well, um, okay. And then, so then I'm going to have a single bet on every one of the other ones. So Arkansas over LSU, App State at Coastal Carolina, UCF over Cincinnati, Oregon State over Cal, Penn State over Iowa, Kansas State Don't over do. Iowa State, Oklahoma State over OU, Liberty over, at NC State, and the Washington State one. How
0: many of these would you need to come in to end up in the black, do you reckon?
1: Uh, Well, because they're all underdogs, yeah. It could even be four of them, and I think I would make money. Four of the nine would be around the break-even.
0: Well, there's a a hot tip on ways to lose money this week, so um, all of those favourites are going to win, so you can thank us (laughs) if you support any of the favourites in those games. That brings us to the end of our week 12, holy moly, week 12 uh, preview show. Like I said, it was gonna go faster, it still didn't. So here we are again. Uh, As always, please make sure you do hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook at CFB Down Under. Uh, We will be there, we'll be floating around. I should be able to watch plenty this weekend because we did not have much going on. Uh, We're not allowed to. So. Uh, you know get around have a chat uh, please make sure that you uh, do the other things that you meant to do as well which is on uh, your podcatcher of choice i'm just getting this out really smoothly just really it's going well in nailing this so far uh please make sure you leave a five-star review tell all your friends about it subscribe to the show do all that kind of crap as well Um, And please do enjoy your entire weekend of college football. Hopefully it's more entertaining than last weekend, but a little less entertaining than rivalry weekend, which is on the horizon. For that guy over there, thank you very much for joining us and myself. Of course, my name's Aaron. That is Will. And we will see you on Sunday night.